Hi, I'm Holly. And I am Danielle. And you're listening to the Spooky Hour. We're still here. You're, you still got us. I've actually lost count of what week it is. 800. It's been 84 years. <laughs> I usually start with, like, welcome to week 10 of quarantine, but I have no fucking... I've lost track of time. I've been off work for two weeks, and time has no meaning. No. <laughs> what is time? It doesn't matter. <laughs> At all. But we just wanted to say thank you for always listening in. I mean, this week was absolutely unreal for yeah. you guys listening. What happened, y'all? Thank you guys for listening. We love you. We just wanted to take a minute to um, just address the week that has happened in the news and everything that's going on with the world yeah if we're you, not done yet yeah well oh, we ain't done <laughs> at all if you have been able to participate in the peaceful protests that are going on and everything like that thank you thank you thank you thank you for putting your voice out there um you guys are awesome for that but we also wanted to say if you guys haven't been able to protest there are other ways that you can help out um there are many 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 places that you can donate which include a lot of bail um a lot of bail funds so the national bailout the bail project there's um also a black trans protesters emergency fund we are going to post a bunch of these charities within our description of this episode so if you wanted to feel so inclined to be able to donate to these these charities please 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 do so we are going to post a couple that um also include ways to help the victims families Mm -hmm. and hope that you can do your part as well and if you can't that's okay at least click the link copy the link share the link if you can if you can't donate spread the word also sign petitions those are always free um i did read somewhere today i have not confirm this myself but allegedly um the you know the popular petition signing link the one that change.org um allegedly when you donate to them it's literally to them and not the cause because they are a for-profit so just so everyone's aware where their money is going it's completely safe to sign the petition but just sort of read into a little bit of the fine print when it comes to donating your money because your money is precious we understand that but we know GoFundMe is 100% straight and to who organized it. It is. Almost it is. every uh, GoFundMe link I have clicked has surpassed their goal like tenfold, and it's amazing. Yeah. Good job at the world. You guys are fucking awesome. Thank you for being on the correct side of history. Yeah. That, oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. We're going to keep ourselves educated. We're going to keep trying to educate you guys, spread the word. Um, again, all the links... Um, of the donations and the charities that we believe in are going to be in this description. There are going to be quite a few of them um, of this episode. So wherever you listen to a podcast, just open our description. The links will be there. And if you can't donate, that is okay. Just copy the link and share it if you can. That's awesome. So thank you. Do what you can. Um, I saw a wonderful post that was like, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher it, but it was something like your new normal includes like your regular content and continuing to raise awareness so yep. we kind of want to stick to that where we, like yes we're doing our episodes again yes we're posting fun posts but if you watch our stories i've been trying to share still as much as i can uh again we're speaking about it like it's we want this to be the new normal exactly i don't even use i i barely use instagram she i'll scroll through it so and i've been though. using it because Look at her. this is a this is important this is extremely important so but yeah just do what you can uh, back to, I guess, our quote normal, new normal. Our, 
regular <laughs> scheduled episode. Uh, we wanted to start this episode with a shout out to the lovely Morning Mugshot podcast. Uh, their Instagram is at morning mugshot podcast look at that super easy the girls are lovely we've been talking to them probably since we started this podcast we really Uh, have they're so cute yeah and their episodes are super informative their instagram is stunning (laughs) i was just telling danielle that their instagram is like what i aspire to be their graphics are amazing i know that's not what's important but whatever shout out anyways your aesthetic (laughs) is very pleasing and we love it (laughs) but they're wonderful girls we adore them make sure you check them out again their instagram is at morning mugshot podcast uh we tend to share their stuff quite a lot i'm sure you've seen them but make sure you check them out i always like sit in the kitchen with a tea in my hand and listen to them because it's well, you're supposed to it's the mugshot podcast you need exactly <laughs> but on a total other note i made holly download this like evp recorder on her phone today because we were both extremely bored and had nothing to do <laughs> and we got some crazy shit it was wild i don't know if you want to start with like the stomping and then we like evolve into it (laughs) okay so i was home alone today because Stuart had to go into work and we haven't heard anything weird in our house we do we definitely know there's something here but nothing evil but um in the morning i was just laying on my couch doing literally nothing (laughs) and it sounded like someone was running across the floor upstairs so we live in a townhome so we're on three floors so I'm in the middle floor, so someone's running upstairs. I didn't get my phone out quick enough to be able to record it, but I told Holly. And then later in the day, there was someone literally stomping. <laughs> and so I know we're in a townhome, but we're in an end unit. And the stomping was coming from our spare bedroom, like our guest bedroom, which is on the opposite side of our neighbors. So the side where there's nobody there. and So no one can be knocking on the wall. No. And, and it one was thing literally I... stopping. The one thing I pointed out is, like, it's loud. It doesn't sound like you know how the house like naturally settles and creaks and it does not sound it sounds like a literal stomp yeah and i got a video of it and it sounds like they're just stomping like for at least like 30 seconds they're dancing a cotton eye joe up there (laughs) apparently i was like where are you running you don't have much room to go it's a town home like you just running in circles you like did you miss your alarm clock for three in the morning and you slept in to like scare me so now you're doing it now they missed the memo yeah apparently But to make matters worse she's like I, I can't just let this be. I have to download this app and see if there's something actually here. <laughs> so I did it. And <laughs> you're supposed to leave the app on for a while just for it to, like, adjust to your surroundings. So I did. And I got some, like, weird stuff at the beginning, but it was, like, constant. So I was like, obviously, nothing. And I was like, uh, okay, it's finally settled. I'm going to take my phone upstairs. As soon as I get up the stairs into the hallway where we hear, I heard the stomping, it says, Trouble. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm moving. The house is for sale. You forgot to add that the ghost also called you fat. (laughs) Oh, oh yeah, I did. Okay. (laughs) So as soon as I opened the app, I didn't even have time to like figure out how it worked, and it said fat, and I was like, this judgmental asshole. (laughs) This fucking ghost already wants to throw hands. Like, okay, okay, bud, it's quarantine. I've gained an extra few pounds. (laughs) You're beautiful. Um, So from there. I downloaded the app because I was like, well, my house is haunted as frick. Um, And I was just sitting in my kitchen and I got like a few little weird words. Uh, The first weird word that I got was Paul. And my first thought was Paul McCartney because my dad's a diehard Beatles fan. And then right after the word Paul, I got the word outside. So I looked outside into my backyard and there was a cardinal at the bird feeder. And my mom has sort of associated this cardinal with being my dad. I don't fully believe that, but the timing was 
odd, I have to admit. Uh, And then later in the day, actually, yeah, no, it was later. uh, I was sitting at the kitchen table and I was using the... uh, the radar, the ghost radar, and it said there was a ghost right in front of me, and right in front of me was the spot at my kitchen table where my dad sat. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, so I'm going to leave the room. So then I went to the TV room, and I got the word stars, and I was like, what the fuck does stars mean? And I'm looking, and the spot on the couch where my dad used to sit, there was a blanket that had stars on it. It's just too quinky-dink. It was just, like, weird. And, like, I know it's just an app, and I try to take things... uh Lightly. Yeah, but it was a lot of weirdness in one day. Yeah. But it's I don't feel, too like, much. like, scared. I just thought it was, like... I'm smiling about it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you think it's an app. Oh, it can't work. But, you like, it might work. Uh, my friend Cassandra, who listens all the time, hello, uh, she made a point that, like... The actual, uh, fuck, I'm going to fuck them up. The actual machines that you use to talk to ghosts that we were looking at buying. EVPs. Um, yeah. They're essentially like radios, right? So why wouldn't it be the same on a phone? Exactly. If you're techie, correct me by all means, but I'm going with it. <laughs> yeah. We were lo- the, like the spirit boxes. We were like looking them up to That's like, what it's called. buy one. <laughs> and uh, they're not they're as expensive some... as I thought. Mm-mm. Not at all. Not one bit. But, I'm yeah, interested. That was, our, that was our creepiness for the day. That was probably the highlight of my week, too. I had so much fun sitting there. I was, like, talking to it and stuff. My mom's like, can you please shut up? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just still really bitter that it called me fat. I, yeah, that was, <laughs> I wish you saw my face when I read it, though. That was, like, the very first word. The, uh, the, the audacity. Was, right? Like, fuck you, dick. <laughs> I'll fight you. And with that, is it time to get even spookier? I think so. And since Holly keeps stealing my vibes, I thought I'd steal some of her vibes. And I'm going to talk about three places today. Ooh. So I'm going to talk about a couple of haunted lighthouses. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, So the first one is West Point Lighthouse. It's in PEI. Um, So all the lighthouses I talk about today are in Canada. Cute. I love it. To the roots, you know. Um, so it was built in 1875 and it's PEI's tallest lighthouse. It stands at about 69 feet tall. And I knew as soon as I wrote that, I knew, I knew you were going to be like, Hack. guys, I'm actually a 12 year old boy. <laughs> the maturity level is high with this one. Um, so it's actually like not your typical lighthouse. It's really unique. So it's black and white striped. Oh. Um, and it's more like a, like a tapered square shape oh. instead of like a, like straight up I, yeah like I, I, I got square. you yeah that's weird yeah we'll post pictures so you know what i'm talking about because i can't <laughs> explain it properly remember when you look at these pictures this description right here yeah <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense i promise um so it it had a lighthouse keeper until 1963 i think it only had about two lighthouse keepers so that's actually pretty low for a lighthouse mm-hmm. but now it operates electronically um oh, weird is, yeah so i guess i didn't a, realize they did that <laughs> yeah they're like no it's just it's just a statue they're i thought there was just gonna be like anything. a permanent old man there till the end of time to be honest <laughs> honest that would be the best job robots are replacing everything fuck right they really are i want to be a lighthouse keeper it sounds so quiet and nice it's the best job ever we're so antisocial. that's so for us right <laughs> i'll be the lighthouse across from you we can flash the lights at each other to say hello and then just all the fucking ships collide and like what's that <laughs> i forgot lighthouse is that a purpose oh my god <laughs> okay we're off to a great start i'm like three points into my story and it's going great (laughs) 
okay um so attach (laughs) you got this so attached to this lighthouse is actually an inn um it was built in 1987 by west point development corporation it's still open today and is run by a bunch of volunteers um so in the early years of the inn people would volunteer to stay overnight at the lighthouse and give the then manager time off but if there was like no overnight guests at like in the inn by 9 p.m the volunteers would just go home because there's no reason for them to stay (laughs) This leads me to Myrna Bootler. She was a volunteer at the lighthouse and she was the volunteer on duty at that time. At 9 p.m., there was no overnight guests and the staff from like the kitchen all went home and stuff. Um, so she's like, hey, cool, I can leave. So she did her checks and made sure no one was left and like locked up and went to her car. So when she got to her car, she noticed there was a light on in one of the bedrooms. This room that the light was on was the keeper's quarter and it was on the second floor. She had um, said she didn't notice the light uh, being on when she did her rounds and checks. So she didn't really think anything of it. So she just went back up, unlocked the door to go check it out. Didn't find anything like weird, suspicious and just turned the light off, left, locked up. As she was leaving like as she got to her car again she no- she turned around and noticed the light was back on again again what an asshole right like this ghost <laughs> um so when she was asked about what she did she said and i quote i left i figured that there was someone in there who wanted the lights on that bad they can darn well have them on <laughs> mood <laughs> I, fucking same <laughs> i don't give a shit about the hydro bell <laughs> yeah too fucking bad it's a lighthouse anyways keep it on um and then there is also carol livingstone her great-grandfather william mcdonald was actually one of the lighthouse keepers i think he was there for like 50 years oh wow yeah he was one of the two one evening she had gone up to the top of the lighthouse and came back down um and this is when the lighthouse was like converted to the inn and on the second floor in that keeper's quarter which is the same room myrna saw the lights turn on and off so carol had looked into the room and saw a glimpse of a bearded man in the corner of the room by the window so these windows are like they're like really low to the floor so it's like really weird because like the room the ceiling is slanted so the wall is like very very small it sounds like terrible architecture (laughs) it it really is it's terrible Um, but so yeah, she saw him like standing in the corner of the room by those windows that are floor level. Um, but when she said she blinked, he just disappeared. Ooh. So she saw somebody and it was the same room that the light kept turning on. And it was the, 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 oh my God, why do we keep wanting to say gatekeeper? It was the keeper's quarters, right? Yeah. The keeper's quarters. Yeah. Um, so Carol also had an incident with that light. She, um, was volunteering at the inn and the inn was being occupied that night. So she had to stay overnight. She said at 1145, the light by her bed burnt out. And so she was like, whatever, I'll just go to sleep. Um, <laughs> also normal, a mood. Right? She's probably just Such like a bulb problem. <laughs> yeah. The bulb was burnt out. So whatever. Um, she was awoken around 2 a.m. by the light turning back on. Oh. And she said um, she had someone like with electrical experience look at the light and they couldn't figure out the issue with it. And that light apparently worked for the rest of the season without having the like the ball being changed. Ooh, I don't like that. Right? Um, So another incident that Carol was a part of, this was in the 1980s. So a couple of the board members were at the lighthouse because they were planning on a kitchen renovation. So they were all leaving, and Carol, like Carol included, and they turned off the power to everything. So they shut everything down except the light at the main lighthouse. And Carol said she forgot the drawings of the renovation in the kitchen. So she went back with just a flashlight. So she wouldn't have to worry about turning all the power back on. Yeah. Um, And when she got back to the kitchen, the kitchen lights were on. Oh, even though everything was off. Yeah. Ooh. 
So this one has apparently every a lot of people see lights turn off and on in this lighthouse. The ghost is like, fuck your hydro bell. Yeah. Like this is the point of the lighthouse. It's called light. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the Numero Uno. Yeah, that's number one. So that's the I've West always wanted Point to lighthouse. go to PEI too. It looks so pretty. It really does. It looks so pretty. We'll add this to our future uh travel show. Spooky I've only... spooky hour on the road. Oh my god. We'll work on it. Um, So the next one I have for you is Peggy's Point Lighthouse or Peggy's Cove Lighthouse. This one I know. Yeah. So someone, some of you may know this. If not, well, now you do. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, But Peggy's Cove is one of the most popular tourist spots in Nova Scotia. And you've probably seen the photo of the lighthouse because it's pretty famous. It's heavily photographed. It's Mm -hmm. everywhere. So even if you don't know what it is, you've probably seen a photo of it. Um, So it's still an active lighthouse and it's operated by the Canadian um, Coast Guard. The lighthouse was built in 1868. It was originally just a wooden house with a beacon on the roof. Um, they used like, a care. Yeah, that makes total sense, especially with a kerosene oil lamp. <laughs> you know, so, I picture. Have you seen Lord of the Rings? I fell asleep during that movie, oh, and I'm shit. really sorry. <laughs> if anyone watches or has seen the Lord of the Rings, I think of like the beacons of of Gondor. That's what I'm picturing right now. I, I'll have to Google. I'm so I sorry. I let my nerd out a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> um, so they used kerosene oil, like a kerosene oil lamp with some type of like reflector to create like the red beacon light. It was replaced to the now known lighthouse in 1914. So the old wooden lighthouse was used as like the keeper's dwelling, but um, was removed in 1954 when it was damaged by a hurricane. Um, there are a couple of stories on how the lighthouse got its name. Yeah, so Peggy's apparently a nickname for Margaret. It's like when they call Richard Dick. (laughs) Right? And nearby, like, Peggy's Cove, there's a bay called St. Margaret's Bay. So some people think that's the reason why it got its name. Um, Another story is that Peggy was an early settler. Um, Some say she was also the only survivor of, like, a shipwreck. So there's a couple of stories, but, like, it's not... So it's not, like, a hard-known fact on why it was named that. So currently, there's, like, a danger plaque on the lighthouse that states and i quote warning injury and death have rewarded careless sightseers here the ocean and rocks are treacherous savor the sea from a distance that's like the nicest warning sign i've ever heard in my life right and it's really well wit win well Well win um so the lighthouse is home apparently to the spirit of a woman legend has it it's the ghost of margaret the survivor of that shipwreck um, but another legend says that Margaret settled there after an accident that resulted in the death of her children. Ooh. She was extremely depressed and would saunter along the rocks at the ocean. One day, her husband tried to cheer her up and was doing like a silly dance in front of her on the rocks. He ended up slipping and falling to his death. Oh. Yeah. Margaret ended up taking her own life by jumping into the water. To this day, people have witnessed and reported a distraught woman in a blue dress standing on the rocks by o- by the ocean. When people approach her, she jumps off the cliff and disappears. That's like the painting, isn't it? The woman in a blue dress? Yeah. 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 Oh, eerie. Another version of Margaret's story was that she traveled from Europe but didn't have enough money to bring her kids. So she um, oh. like set out and ended up at like Peggy's Cove and she married like a local man and he was trying to cheer her up from being like sad that she left her kids. Like she was trying to make money to bring them over. And that's and then the same thing. Like he was the trying husband. to like cheer her up and yeah. died. And, yeah. Well, yeah. I like the one where the kids are not dead. Dead. Let's go yeah. with that one. <laughs> Same. So that is the second one. So that's Peggy's Cove. There's that's not too an much eerie that one. one. Yeah. 
it's just like and it's so heavily like tourist area so people so many people have seen this i'm so like, like i don't want to say fond of but I, I enjoy the stories where it's like the the ghost sort of repeats itself like um yeah they're kind of like stuck in a time loop yeah roadways where like a, a woman jumps in front of your car but like she jumps in front of every car that drives like it's it's it seems like more solid proof if like everyone yeah. has seen the same thing exactly and it's like over and over and over again yeah it's like yeah i agree um so the next lighthouse and the last lighthouse i have for you is gibraltar point lighthouse this one so i do light- not know well you maybe you will after i talk about it because once you're <laughs> like oh now i know um so this lighthouse is located on gibraltar gibraltar wow this is a hard word i couldn't it is say so it hard <laughs> The lighthouse is located on Gibraltar Point. It was built in 1808 and is the oldest lighthouse left on the Great Lakes and is the second oldest lighthouse in Canada. So it is in Toronto. It is on Toronto Island. What? Yep. (laughs) We have a lighthouse? Yeah, on Toronto Island. I've never been to the island. I've lived in the Toronto area for my entire life and I've never been to the island. Our island has a nude beach. We were literally going to go this summer. (laughs) Oh, well, you screwed that. Well, it, it... Last year, the island, like, flooded, right? Drowned, pretty much, yeah. The last few years, it's flooded, right? Yeah. Well, when this lighthouse was built, all of it was pretty much connected. And then eventually... To Toronto? Yeah. And then eventually, like, it all just, like, separated because the water levels just got so high. Oh, yeah. For those who don't know, Toronto has an island. It's not a nice island. It's not like going to the Dominican or anything, but it's an island. Yeah. (laughs) We have one. People still live on the island, too, which is Yeah, it's, like, cottagey, right? Yeah. And there's, like, a kind of, like, an amusement park, but it's it's specifically for kids. Yeah, Center yeah. Island or Center, Centerville? Or is that different? I thought it was Center Island. I don't know. I I've never been. One of the two. <laughs> I went um, as a kid. Fun fact, there's a nude beach. There is a nude beach. Yeah. There is. So, yeah, you're welcome, Toronto Tourism. Yeah. <laughs> this is not yeah. sponsored. We have a nude beach and a child's amusement park on the same island. Oh, should I even think about that? <laughs> and people Hopefully say they're Toronto's on opposite ends of the island. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Toronto's boy. fucked. Yeah. But yeah, fun fact, we have an island. Onwards. Yeah. <laughs> More spookies. <laughs> the nude beach is spooky enough, so you're welcome. <laughs> is um, the lighthouse near the nude beach? This is what I want to know. <laughs> I have no bloody idea. No I want to do both of those in one day. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the first... Um, it was first running off whale oil, but it became an what? electric. Yeah, it became. You keep an... saying so many weird things in this episode that just take me so aback. Yeah, it used to whale- run off whale oil, but it became electric an electric lighthouse in 1916. I've never heard of that in my life. Like the blubber. I don't. Wow, dude, I have no idea. <laughs> Sorry, Isn't that weird? that's just like whale oil. Yeah. So the lighthouse was there during the Battle of York, which was 1813. Um, during this war, the lighthouse had its first light- lighthouse keeper. His name was J.P. Radmuller. Um, so he was a German immigrant and became the lighthouse keeper on July 24th, 1809. Radmuller mysteriously disappeared on January 2nd, 1815. Um, he was about 52 years old. Uh, it's said that Radmuller was murdered by two soldiers, and these soldiers had been drinking Radmuller's home-brewed beer. Um, Assholes. Like, right? Like, he was kind enough to share you, like, share his home-brewed beer with you. So, apparently, on, like, on the side, Radmuller did, um, um, like, moonshine and stuff like that mm-hmm. to try to make extra money. Um, so, that's why he had it. Um, so, it's not exactly clear on the reasoning he was murdered. Some say that the soldiers brought 
um like bought the beer and it had frozen in the cold so the soldiers assumed the alcohol like content was really low um and they were just being ripped off so, so they killed him yeah so they just murdered isn't, him isn't that just what like canadian beer tastes like is water <laughs> is water literally i hate beer so yeah i don't, I don't like beer either yeah. um it's also said that these soldiers were on like a hunt for bootleg beer and that they drank too much and a fight broke out between them and uh, Radmuller, ultimately, like, killing him. So they just got loaded and fucked around, basically? Basically, yeah. Um, so Radmuller was more than likely killed at night and was dismembered. It oh. said that they had buried parts of his body in separate graves near the lighthouse, so they never found his body, like, his full body. Oh, ever. gross. Yeah. His murders were never found. They were never charged. Anything like that. So um, he has no no peace. Nope, not at all. Um, the earliest story of Radmuller's death was recorded in 1908 in Landmark of, or sorry, Landmarks of Toronto. This was written by John Ross Robertson. Now John wrote some like skepticism um, that the murder ever happened, but he also wrote that the lighthouse keeper during this time, so 1908. Um, uh, George Dernan was that current lighthouse keeper had gone lurk- looking for like a body because he knew about the story of mm-hmm. Radmuller, um, and he actually ended up digging up a jawbone. Oh, gross! Yeah, so him and his family like did a proper burial, but nothing really came from that. Um, there is a plaque at the lighthouse which mentions the murder and the jawbone. Um, now it's said that Radmuller still haunts the lighthouse to this day. People have seen an apparition of a man wandering the grounds of the lighthouse. Some people are morbid enough to say that he's like looking for his limbs. <laughs> like, I mean, it, around. honestly, that's what I've been thinking the whole time is like he's not gonna uh, cross over or whatever you call it until he's like at least buried all together. Yeah, <laughs> not necessarily reassembled, but like at least all in one spot. Yeah, he's very unsettled right now. We're not gonna Frankenstein him. We just want to like give him some peace. To yeah, go, go to the light. <laughs> yeah. Um, inside the lighthouse, people have heard banging noises and tapping, uh, as well as thumping noises, and they hear like really eerie echoes. People have reported hearing a sound that sounds like something or like someone being dragged. So at the top, like being dragged around, like a dead body. Yeah. People have heard someone running up the stairs. Um, There is a YouTube video online of some paranormal paranormal investigators getting to explore the lighthouse at night. Um, They got some like really good responses on like their spirit box. Um, So just go look at it. I'm not going to post about it, but it's probably the first up, the first video you'll find. Just type in the name of the place. Yeah. Um, at one point they asked like who are you talking to or like something like that and the response was dead oh okay yeah they also caught two voices a male and a female um my favorite uh voice box experience that i've seen on youtube is the buzzfeed unsolved guys i forget what house they're in but this thing is like like it's so clear that it's talking to them like it's answering questions directly it's not like vague words that it's just being thrown out and like i cried watching the video if i can find the name of the video i'll post it in our stories or something i fucking love buzzfeed (laughs) the unsolved is my favorite i love it some people don't like it i don't use it for any like research or anything like that but it's just funny to watch i love it they're so i love the uh the skeptical one (laughs) oh my god yes i know i'm terrible with names guys i'm sorry uh but the skeptical one he's just like the one guy's so afraid of every house he goes into and then the other guy's like what's up assholes like, <laughs> it's danielle and i ghost hunting literally i'm the terrified one 
Oh, I was the terrified one. Damn it. <laughs> Never so mind. We're both it's not terrified like us. <laughs> and then our boyfriends are the... No, my boyfriend's so scared of this stuff, he wouldn't even show up with us. Oh. <laughs> he, would, he would text that. us from home and be like, have fun. Did you die yet? <laughs> yeah. He won't even watch horror movies with me. I don't know how we ended up together. <laughs> what a chicken shit. Stuart will watch it with me and just make fun of me, so it's okay. Um, so over the years, the lighthouse has had 10 keepers. So it closed down in 1957. Its last lighthouse keeper was Dee Dee Dodds, which is adorable because that's my nickname. Aw. Well, one of the many nicknames. One of um, your several. <laughs> several. Um, so she was the last person to, like, turn out the light for the lighthouse, which is so awesome. Aw. Um, so I love that it was a woman yeah got power um so manuel Kappel, who is also from germany um he still takes care of the lighthouse to this day so even though it's not in use he just keeps it tidy and has volunteered to do this since 1999 oh he sounds adorable yeah so those are your creepy lighthouse stories um if you are ever in canada are you in canada go visit them we can go visit gibraltar yeah we could totally do that yeah that one's actually attainable if yeah. it ever opens up but that was fun i like the the lighthouse thing because i feel like they're so ominous looking to begin with like they're just like this big tower on like a crashing ocean and a dark night like it's the perfect spooky place Splice. exactly place and like how many ships crashed by it that killed people you don't know and then they place. haunt the island and then there's yeah. like the whole like mermaid lore like are there actually sirens of the sea Ugh, yep fantastic <laughs> that was fun we just, we just expanded this episode now we're talking about mermaids. there's gonna be a part two don't worry <laughs> but yeah that's all i got for you so fun so uh i fucked up already to start this episode by saying i was going back to the basics this is far from basic i thought it was basic when i read the first sort of blurb about it but like buckle up guys <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say so today i'm gonna talk about the absolutely batshit crazy case of daniel laplante the name sounds familiar, but it's not ringing a bell. It's like a, a, a somewhat high-profile case, but like, I think you'll know the story if you don't know the name. Okay. I'll just I'm say that. So, Daniel LaPlante was born on May 16th, 1970 in the state of Massachusetts. Um, fun fact, that was one of my lisp words as a kid that my mom made me say over and over again until I got it right. Um, <laughs> I can hear myself saying it in my head, and I'm not going to try to say it out loud because it's yeah, embarrassing. Ma- Massachusetts massachusetts close i don't know to be honest i don't know the pronunciation but he's from the place where boston is <laughs> he lived with his mother and stepfather uh like many other killers he suffered through abuse as a child he was sexually assaulted during most of his childhood allegedly at the hands of several family members including his biological father oh um uh, awful he was bullied in school and classmates described him as quote creepy and weird uh, same. Uh, he had dyslexia, so he struggled with his studies as well. So he just all around had a rough time. Oh my god, I feel you, bro. Same. <laughs> Eventually, his school referred him to a psychiatrist due to what they described as, quote, his abnormal behavior, his appearance, and his lack of hygiene. Um, so he's described as being kind of like a greasy, like gross looking guy. Like, uh, reading the descriptions, I thought of Snape from Harry Potter second nerd oh reference goodness. of the day <laughs> i understand i guess I'm, yeah I'm okay so you, you you get it yeah yeah um unfortunately daniel ended his sessions with a psychiatrist due to the doctor also allegedly assaulting him during his session oh my god this uh, I, kid. yeah i hate when i feel bad for killers but like damn like he couldn't he couldn't trust a single adult in his life at this point yeah um he finally got the help he needed and then like the psychiatrist breaks his trust also like he he must 
have felt like he had nobody. And again, I hate sympathizing with killers, but this this childhood is pretty bad. That is that's a recipe for a murder. Exactly. Or a murderer. Later in his teens, Daniel predictably started getting into trouble. He would break into people's homes to steal things. And in some really weird cases, he would just, like, move stuff around slightly or leave some of his own items behind so that the owners would know someone is in the home. So he wouldn't take anything? Yeah, he was basically just fucking with them. Like, he would just move furniture or, like, I don't know, bring a pen in the house that wasn't there before kind of thing. Like, just weird little things. Yeah, just so, like, the family would feel uncomfortable in their house. Yeah, I get that. Um, fucking nuts to think yeah. to think that way is crazy to be like what can i do but not steal anything but just to fuck with their mental game to, yeah to make them uncomfortable to be in their own home that's exactly mm-hmm. it like he really weird um it's also alleged that at this time uh he suffered from a quote conduct disorder which to me sounds like a behavioral disorder of some sort okay. um and he claimed to worship satan um also same <laughs> we don't actually we just like to say we do yeah we have in, no religion so it's funnier yeah in 1986 daniel began the series of events which would lead him to being featured on said podcast that we're doing right now yeah uh, daniel had gotten the phone number from a house in the local area it's likely that he robbed this house at some point and somehow retrieved the telephone number that way but this remains unconfirmed Uh, The house belonged to a family of three, a father and his two daughters. Their mother had recently passed away from cancer. Uh, The daughters, Annie and Jessica Andrews, were both close in age to Daniel. And uh, they started chatting on the phone, which led to, like, flirting and stuff, like, teenage in love. Um, The normal (laughs) thing you do when you're a teenager. Yeah, I also thought it was so funny that, like, they weren't texting because it's the 80s. They were literally just, like... (laughs) <laughs> i was like yo they're probably just texting each other but yeah no they're like literally flirting on the phone there's no snapchat there's no sending nudes right now it's like <laughs> you get the phone call and it's like your parents answer and be like mom why do you answer the phone or like do you remember when you'd be on the phone with your friends and you could like all of a sudden hear like your mom sniffle and you're like mom get off the phone yes <laughs> See? oh the 90s um so yeah uh so daniel told them that he'd been given their number by a friend who went to the same school as them uh he also described himself as a good-looking athletic blonde well-educated boy who lived in the area uh eventually annie andrews and danny became like super friendly with each other after several phone calls so they arranged to go out on a date um when daniel arrived for the date annie was shocked to discover that the boy she'd been talking to was the exact opposite of who he said he was as i said earlier daniel was kind of like greasy and like uh i saw one picture he was very pimply which there's nothing wrong with that but he just painted himself in a different way and he wasn't exactly known for his striking good looks and athletic body just he catfish this poor girl yes thank you for summarizing that very nicely for me <laughs> <laughs> i made it so difficult <laughs> you're just too, you're, your libra came out i had to be super descriptive mm-hmm. um so she gave him the benefit of the doubt anyways and the pair went to the local fair for their date that night uh within an hour though annie had had enough and found an excuse to leave the date early Apparently, what made her so uncomfortable was Daniel's fascination with her mother's death. According to Annie, as soon as she mentioned her mother's passing, Daniel became strangely interested and kept pushing her to answer uncomfortable questions, including asking how long their mother had suffered before she died. Honestly, I knocked the fucker out, so, like, kudos to her for being the bigger person and just leaving. (laughs) Being like, hey, you know what? I'm just gonna go. It was nice knowing you. Yeah, she, like, lied and said her friend needed her or something, but, like, I would have knocked him out. Like, you don't ask that to somebody. What a fucked up child. What the hell? 
Um, so after that, Annie had uh, righteously decided to stop seeing him, or Good so she you. thought. Uh, once again, I'm stealing some yelly vibes for this part, so it's time to get spooky. Oh uh, I'm not <laughs> ready. I'm uh, literally not ready. Oh, man, this is like... You don't even know. Okay. So one evening, Annie and her sister Jessica attempted to contact their late mother by performing a seance in their basement. They weren't really taking it seriously, and they never really expected anything to come from it. However, later that evening, Jessica and Annie heard knocking on their bedroom walls as they slept. Amazingly, it appeared as though the seance had worked. Uh, The whole night, the two girls spoke to the unseen force as they as though they were talking to their mother. They would ask the spirit questions, to which it replied via knocks. So they'd say, like... Uh, knock knock twice, twice if this yeah. you did then it would knock twice um they were convinced that they had made contact with the other side and were interacting with their mom this i have continu- shivers because i think i know what happened <laughs> i just want everyone to know i have shivers right now. <laughs> uh, this continued for several nights until the knocking became too much and the girls started losing sleep um over time objects in the house began to disappear items which were originally laid out on a table would be found thrown across the floor the next morning uh the girls would come home to find furniture moved from one side of run side the girls would come home to find furniture moved from one side of the room to the other their dad was convinced it was the girls acting out as a way of dealing with their mom's death but jessica and annie believed they were being haunted by a malevolent demon (laughs) not the spirit of their mother as they originally believed so plot twist number one they think that it's not their mom it's actually an evil demon that's torturing them and that they fucked up the seance and i bet he's really greasy too (laughs) one evening in january 1987 uh the strange knocking had begun while jessica and annie were alone in the front room of their house Uh, at this point the constant knocking had become so uh, constant and annoying that it was starting to drive them a little bit batshit uh this particular evening it sounded like the noises were not coming from the walls but from the basement so the girls grabbed knives from the kitchen and made their way downstairs to see what where the noise was coming from i'm, I'm really thankful they grabbed knives that's like a really good move like that's first the move. first thing you do i've had several uh experiences in my home where like um so i have a really uh, what's it called like a wind door those like outside doors oh like the screen door yeah like the screen door um and mine's so old that like you always hear it when it opens it makes a really loud creak and i've heard it open several times when i'm home alone and the first thing i do is go to my kitchen and grab a knife i don't care who i think it is (laughs) like my mom can be like i'm on my way and i hear the door open and i'm like knife (laughs) (laughs) i'll try to like sneak it whenever i go over i'll try to sneak into her house but it's always that damn fucking door because her she has so loud. Usually it's two dogs, but then if she has Rupert, so you try to like be really quiet. But then Panda always fucking hears. Yeah, me. So and then Rupert barks at Panda, and then yeah. Sassy just barks because she hears barking. She's blind and deaf. She has no idea what's going on. I was like, all I wanted to do was scare Holly. One time I did get you though. You did. You I was in the bathroom in the back- or something, and the dogs were in the backyard. Yeah, and I got in and I scared the fuck out of her. And it was great. So, note to everybody: don't try to break into my house. My dogs will fuck you up. <laughs> Especially Panda. Watch out for her. Yeah, she's evil. She's eighteen pounds of pure destruction. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, they grabbed knives, went downstairs, and uh, when they got there, they discovered an absolutely horrifying scene. Uh, written in what appeared to be blood on the wall was a message that said, "Quote: I'm in your room. Come and find me." Ew yeah i got shivers again (laughs) so the girls ran from the house to find safety at a neighbor's house they waited for their dad to come home and told him uh what they saw again 
their dad basically said like you did this uh this is you acting out and he actually ordered the girls to undergo counseling to help them cope with uh what he said was the actual source of their their distraughtness right now what a fucking um, he, dick parent listen to your goddamn children it, yes and no like i could sort of see what he's saying like grief does make especially children act out but like oh for sure who would do this to themselves and who would do it together to be like you know what yeah exactly and like the fact that they went to the neighbors and i don't think that's something that someone fucking around would do like the neighbor would obviously call the cops where'd they Um, get the blood from if they did it themselves but you know what i mean yeah oh yeah themselves like red paint smells like paint blood smells like fucking pennies it does that's really gross several weeks later after the girls had completed their counseling a similar incident occurred at the andrews home again the girls heard knocking sounds but this time it came from behind annie's bedroom wall uh when the two girls entered again they were greeted with a message in what appeared to be blood on the wall saying quote i'm back find me if you can so like a broken record brian andrews once again blamed the girls and said it was their fault uh they once again called him from the neighbor's house and urged him to come home uh he did come home and when he did he marched straight into his home to prove that there was no one inside he noticed that there had been more of a mess than what his neighbors and the girls had previously claimed it then became apparent that someone had been inside the house while brian the girls and the neighbor were all outside of the house so basically um the girls were like oh dad they moved this couch this couch is in the wrong spot now this lamp is in the wrong spot but when the dad entered the home it was like 10 times worse than what they had said so it was obvious that someone was still there see this is when you start believing your kids there brian yeah seriously so brian oh it's funny that it's your dad's name i I didn't think about this the whole time i was gonna say that's my dad's name so i I didn't even think about that until right now that's so funny hi dad Uh, brian would never brian would immediately enter your home and kill whatever was inside um like when i first got my car when i this is total off topic but when i first bought my car um he put a bunch of flashlights in my glove compartment box and then put an axe in my (laughs) my trunk i love that and i was like dad i can get like pulled over for this if i get pulled over like it's like a a, like it's a weapon weapon. (laughs) and he was like it's fine you need it you're chopping wood it's fine it's it's still in my trunk to this day so yeah real brian would never my dad gave me wind washer windshield washer fluid for my oh, car yeah. i used Safety. to call on the way home i used to call my dad and be like i ran over ran wow i ran out of windshield washer fluid and he'd always buy me some so i've, I've never bought my own he always buys them for me that's so, so cute my dad bought me like a, a case of like six of them i still have two left i love I've that i some to carl i don't go through wind washer i can't say windshield washer fluid now yeah. my dad's gonna gonna hear this and he's gonna start buying you windshield washer fluid please so do i'm it. poor <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um brian continued searching the home not good brian bad brian um and he entered annie's room there he found yet another message had been painted on the wall this one said quote marry me he turned to run away and like a scene from a horror movie what was behind him was even more terrifying than the message a young boy stood dressed in the clothing of brian's deceased wife he was wearing her makeup a dress and a blonde wig and one of his hands was a large hatchet danielle has her hands like gripping her head right now it's hilarious uh the young boy was not a spirit nor was he a demon he was very much alive and he was daniel laplant go fuck yourself daniel laplant what the hell what so, the fuck? yeah. Oh, plot oh, twist of the century. It's so creepy. It's just <laughs> creepy that he was wearing her. I knew, I had a feeling it was him being a fucking twat. Not only was this guy, like, I knew it, but, like, 
him being dressed in their deceased mom's clothes yeah so there's a couple theories as to why he did that um some think that maybe he had like an actual psychotic break and he like thought he was the mom okay and he was literally saying like marry me again to the dad um some think that he was just straight up torturing the girls like just doing it to be mean uh some think that it was his way of trying to like reconnect with annie he's like oh she misses her mom so much i'm gonna be her mom like there's a few theories floating around uh but they he's never said why he did it yeah i can see like i can see each theory yeah each of them seems completely valid and um yeah it's he's never said it there's i i couldn't think of a logical reason for this i think all of those theories work um but it could also be a number of other things who the fuck knows this guy's bonkers so was he Uh, living in their walls let me get there um so brian tried to hold him until the police arrived but daniel was able to escape uh brian has said that he was dumbfounded at the way laplante was able to seemingly disappear from sight without much effort Uh, When the police were called in to investigate, his trick soon came to light. After discovering that each of the messages had been written in ketchup from the Andrews family fridge, police searched the house for (laughs) clues. Isn't that hilarious? (laughs) Oh, like, it's blood. Yeah. Ketchup. It's ketchup. Oh, my God. Um, They searched for clues as to how he may have been able to access the house in the first place. An officer found a hidden crawl space behind a cupboard, which was built into the wall of Annie Andrews' bedroom. When the officer opened the hatch, he discovered Daniel LaPlante curled up inside, and he was arrested on sight. Stop it right now. What a weasel. (laughs) Once the plant had been removed from the scene, officers conducted a thorough search of the Andrews' home. They made a horrific discovery. There was evidence that Daniel had been living inside the walls of their home for at least two months. (gasps) The passageway which they discovered LaPlante in had been tunneled around the entire house, and there was a handful of peepholes dotted around so that LaPlante could watch Annie Andrews from whichever room she was in. How did he have enough time to do that shit and no one noticed? My guess is that it was it was in the house to start with for some strange reason, and then he just kind of, like, built upon it. Yeah. Made it worse. I don't know. It's bizarre. But, like, they found food. They found, like, there was proof that he was full-on living there for two months. He just, like, comes out of the closet. Sorry, guys. I gotta go pee. Just please hold. Yeah. Like, how what do you, like, do you, he probably just pissed in the walls. Oh, my God. You have to demolish the house. Oh, my God. <gasps> just tear the whole thing down oh my god okay so yeah moving on <laughs> no keep it there and make trump live in it for the rest of his life oh i love that yes please live in the piss house yes <laughs> <laughs> um so danny was placed into a juvenile facility for his creepy crimes where he remained until october 1987 almost immediately following his re- lease laplante returned to his life of burglary during one of his robberies in november so just a month after his release laplante obtained two handguns from the house that he was robbing we ain't done yet i'm so stressed out on december 1st 1987 daniel broke into the gustison's family home which was around half a mile from his own house once inside he found 33 year old priscilla gustison who was pregnant at the time and her two young children abigail who was seven and william who was only five priscilla's husband andrew gustison was at work at the time Uh, when he got home andrew discovered priscilla laying face down on her bed with several gunshot wounds to the head the autopsy had found that she had been raped by Daniel and then shot multiple times in the head at point-blank range. Um, 
Andrew Gustafson immediately called the police, and upon their arrival, they had discovered the bodies of Andrew's two children in two different bathtubs. William had been drowned in the upstairs bathroom, while Abigail was drowned in the downstairs bathroom. It didn't take long for authorities to link the Gustafson family murders to Daniel LaPlante. Uh, the police arrived at his home to apprehend him, but they had found that he'd fled the area, and a manhunt quickly ensued. This is this is getting dark. Yeah, I know. Danielle what looks mortified. The <laughs> fuck. This case blew my mind. Um, so I only knew about these murders. I didn't know the whole backstory with the living in the walls. Yeah. I had only okay. seen about these murders. What the so, actual fuck? Yeah, these murders themselves are baffling to me. And then when you learn his history, you're like, who hurt you? Well, we know who hurt him, but like, what the fuck? Like um so the girl she was pregnant she was and i four kids did not find any evidence i believe he was only charged with three murders Bullshit. Um, some states and i don't know if it's all of canada but i think at least ontario um if you murder a pregnant woman you will be charged with two murders mm -hmm. and i think you should be yeah um but i don't believe he was i think he was only charged for the woman and the the two um birthed children i don't want to say like alive children but like yeah. the ones outside of the womb um oh my god that's, i'm so stressed out right now yeah this is a stressful one and i thought it was going to be basic i can't believe me um <laughs> how dare you do this to us <laughs> i did it to myself you should have seen me writing it i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> So Daniel was considered to be armed and incredibly dangerous. Uh, given his history, there was no telling what lengths he might go to to avoid detection. He was incredibly unpredictable, having gone from petty robbery to absolute batshit stalking to full-blown murder in just a matter of months. So it was hard to say his next move. Like, usually when you're looking for a killer of some sort, there's an MO, there's something that you're following we don't know what he's doing because he has no mo he has no clear path he's doing whatever the hell he wants it's just um, his thought in that exact moment is he is doing? what happens yeah exactly wow. um a few towns over from townsend where this is all taking place i forgot to mention that um Leplant broke into a woman's home and kidnapped her placing her in her own vehicle and driving away with her in the passenger seat the woman escaped, but LaPlante was spotted by someone who had seen his picture on the news. He was discovered hiding in a dumpster 48 hours after the manhunt for him began, which I love that for him. He should <laughs> be in a dumpster for the rest of his motherfucking life. Um, when he was inspected at the police station, a hair belonging to young Abigail Gustafson was discovered on his sock, which pretty much solidified him as the murderer. Mm -hmm. um, a year later, Daniel LaPlante was sentenced to three life sentences for the murder of the Gustafson family. While in prison, he was diagnosed with several different personality disorders um not that that's an excuse but just a fact uh kind of goes with his uh lack of mo mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah uh, so since his incarceration, Daniel has shown little remorse for his actions. From 1988 to 2014, he attempted to sue the courts multiple times for a violation of his rights. In one case, he claimed that the prison system violated his religious rights as he was allegedly a practicing Satanist. Uh, LaPlante claimed that he required several sufficient materials in order to carry out certain Satanic rituals, but had never, or but he had been denied by prison officials i'm guessing the uh materials were probably banned in general like knives and bones yeah. and things that should not be in a prison and he was just blatantly trying to fuck with the prison yeah um in 2017 however 
It seems that uh, he had maybe come to terms with his actions. While appealing for a reduced sentence, LaPlante made the following statement, quote, I do not have the words to fully express my profound sorrow, but I am truly sorry for the harm I have caused. From the very essence of who I am, from the depth of my soul, I am sorry. Crock of shit. I was about to um, say, I would punch him <laughs> so hard in his stupid gut. I think that he had just realized that his constant whining and fucking with the court wasn't going to get him out of jail. So he tried the, I'm sorry, I've changed card. Um, I don't buy it for a second. Yeah, bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> uh, fortunately, his appeal was denied and he will, in fact, Thankfully. spend the rest of his life in jail with no chance of early release. Um, unfortunately, Andrew... Uh, uh Gustafson, he did pass away in 2014 so he never got to live to see uh his appeal denied like he knew the appeal was happening and apparently on his deathbed he said like they better not let him out like my dying wish is that he rots in there so yeah there you go andrew someone's rotten in there board and let the poor man know oh my gosh yes let him know what the fuck that yeah what a wild case hey eh? that one blew my own socks off while i was doing it like that one that's bizarre like, i love the little oh. like midway spooky seance vibes halfway through though yeah. i thought that was fun as i was reading it, i was like oh this is fun there's gonna be ghosts and then it was it was way worse than ghosts <laughs> it was so much worse than ghosts what an absolute trash bag isn't that insane that's absolutely insane that's i can't even nope just there's no words there's that's just so fucked <laughs> and i thought it was gonna be basic imagine being those two sisters though to it's find out what he did after but like not only that but to find out that he murdered a mm-hmm. pregnant lady and her two kids that could have been them after you were like dating not dating him but like had gone on a date with him yeah like it's hung out with him and then he yeah. was living in your fucking walls for two months oh i believe the family did move after that which absolutely do not blame mm-hmm. them someone should have bought them a house or something yeah seriously. Um, but yeah it's it's absolutely insane and i really enjoyed researching that that in a was, weird sick way <laughs> that is so crazy that people will do that and think about doing that and have i just i can't There's i no i i find the the juvenile detention facility thing interesting that he was there for like less than a year essentially after doing something like yes he didn't murder anybody but like he was living in someone's walls he came at them with a knife he was torturing them for months yeah and like I'm not saying he deserved the death penalty, but you let him out in less than a year? Yeah. They're like a slap on the wrist and be like, okay, it's fine. Just stop stalking Yeah. People. Like, I, I know that works in some juvenile cases, but I feel like he needed more help than that. Not necessarily more punishment, but more help. Especially something considering was, his background. Something, yeah. Something was very obviously wrong, and I, I don't think his case was handled well at all. Yeah. But that being said, what a wild case in general. Fuck, man. That is... Happy happy Monday, you guys. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Hope this starts your week off great. Starting it on a high note. Because <laughs> my week is now trash, thanks to Holly, because what the fuck? You're welcome. That's all remember, I'm going to think about. Remember that when you hear banging on your walls tonight? Oh, god damn it. <laughs> I'm ripping down every wall. Oh my god. <laughs> Just punch some... big holes in the walls. Like oh peepholes, but larger. <laughs> but yeah, that was fun. That was a good one. That was really good. That was that actually blew my mind. I don't know how I'm going to one-up myself next week. I gotta do something cool. <laughs> I honestly have no idea because I'm probably going to come, like, show up next week and be like, uh, yeah, I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> do you know what there's no episode next week it's final (laughs) (laughs) and we're done because what the fuck (laughs) the final episode of the spooky hour but yeah 
these stories like this make me swear a lot so i know i'm gonna get a phone call from my dad being like you guys stopped swearing dad you swore too during this don't lie yeah you said what the fuck at least once i know you did (laughs) yeah it's so true (laughs) kind of some slack (laughs) oh my gosh did you tell dad that we got comments about how he doesn't like swearing oh god no i didn't (gasps) oh i forget what it was oh it said um i posted something that said uh raise some heck that's what it was and someone messaged me and they were like danielle's dad would love that because there's no swearing and i was like that's so funny that he has this reputation now <laughs> dad look people like like you you're, you're famous. famous you're welcome <laughs> you're spooky hour famous yeah you're our number one fan but yeah thanks for tuning in again guys this was fun we hope you you had a terrifying time listening to it if you want to um, hang out with us on social media and you can uh, bully Holly into the horror, like horrific shit that she's put us through, <laughs> be my guest. You love it. You're here for a reason and you know, know. it. <laughs> it's very true. It just blew my, just the case blew my mind. But uh, you can come chat with us on Instagram at a spooky hour podcast. You can find us on Twitter at spooky hour. And then you can email in your crazy spooky stories and we'll make you famous in an episode. You're welcome. You'll be famous like dad. Yeah. Um, it is the spooky hour podcast 666 at gmail.com. We have a cool email button on our Instagram. So go check that out if it makes it easier for you. Mm-hmm. But other than that... That's all we That's got for it, you. man. Sweet dreams if you're listening to this at bedtime. <laughs> yeah. AKA dad. Good luck with that. <laughs> but, but yeah, have a have a good week, week whatever we're at. Yep. Stay safe, stay loud, stay proactive, and also stay spooky. Stay spooky. <laughs>